Welcome back to the Wide Angle Podcast. My name is Mark Steiner, your host, and today's guest is a dear friend of mine, Layla, and she is a very, very talented photographer who's had an incredible journey. Layla, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Layla. <laughs> uh, I'm a beauty photographer from Los Angeles, and I've just recently started you know, learning a lot of product photography as well, all in the makeup industry or market, I guess you would say. And yeah, I don't know what else to, you know, say about me for this introduction. <laughs> well, you're a super talented photographer who, in my eyes, has had one of the biggest and fastest curves of improvement I've seen. And I love seeing that from my friends. I feel like it was less than a year ago when you were coming to me with camera questions and now you're absolutely <laughs> thriving. Thank you. Thank you. It's been it's been a year and four months, a year and four months. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah, you've all, you were uh, you were definitely my inspiration for getting started with photography. Um, you were the reason why I got my camera. You inspired me to actually go out there and take photos. So, yeah, I have a lot to thank you for. It's for my it was an absolute pleasure. And it was so cool seeing your different stages of development going from just like basic photography to then upgrading to full frame and then going through so many different styles until you found your niche. Can you talk a little bit about how you went through yeah. that journey and how you ended up with such an interesting niche of beauty photography when your other styles were so different? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So I first started with taking photos of food. Um, I really didn't know anything about photography then because, you know, I was just using basically the automatic uh, whatever options and uh, barely uh, I was actually not even using my computer or Lightroom or anything to to edit the photos I was just using Snapseed on my phone and then you came and you told me hey you should get this camera right and so you told me to get this camera and I did research and then I did get it I, I ended up getting the camera but I didn't really use it and I remember you showed me these YouTubers um I don't know if you want me to say who or not, but <laughs> uh, you showed me Mango Street, remember? Um, and so then I was like, oh, I like their videos. And then they just so happened that they took, they had a workshop here in LA and I was like, I should go. Because part of it is they were going to show wedding photography, portrait photography, and then also uh, food photography. So I was like, hey, I should just go learn. And then being there I learned to take photos of like of people and so then I was really inspired and then after that I started taking photos kind of similar to their style but then I noticed that whenever I would save photos on Instagram or I would or I'll be on Pinterest or I would be looking at photography that I really liked it was all beauty so then I was like yeah so I was like it's crazy that all of the saved the saved photos on my phone are beauty so I should do something about it because what I'm doing right now is nothing like that so how do they do it and I started doing a lot of research uh, on how to do beauty photography so I made the investment of buying my first um, strobe lights uh, of course that were in my budget at the time and I went on a um, I went on a group um, on Facebook and I was like, hey, I want to try to do this style of photography. Anybody want to collaborate with me? And so then I did it. And then after that, it was just like daily, daily practicing, daily trying to retouch, daily, like on the daily. You know what I mean? Just um, mm -hmm. 
practicing every day. Yeah. Like that's how you get better. Exactly. And so then doing that, I started figuring out different, figuring out which lighting setups I really like. Um, basically, just trying new things. Like I remember at some point I was like, okay, well my photos are looking the same. So what should I do? to try to learn something new. I actually want to learn to do different crops because for beauty photography, I don't know if you've noticed, there's a lot of close-ups, you know, macro shots. And I'm like, all my photos are at the same uh, distance and I need to, you know, work on getting closer to the model and all these things. So every time I try to learn something new and that's how my journey went. And it was about a year and four or five months ago. That's, that's, that happened. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> so... I find it so funny that you were gravitating towards one style for so long and yet it never really clicked that you wanted to emulate that. What do you think was that final, like, oh, I should test out beauty photography? Honestly, I, I really didn't know. <laughs> this is so ridiculous, but I think I just didn't think about it. But I, was, I wasn't like, oh, that's beauty. Mm. I didn't think about it. I'm like, how come they're doing that? I don't understand why they are doing that type of photo, but I can't do it. But I didn't understand. It's just a completely different world. You know, it's a studio, you know, it just didn't click in my head because I wasn't actually looking at the photo. I wasn't thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. So like you're, you're not in the niche enough to know how they're, they're getting into like, you're in the, the umbrella of photography, but under that umbrella, there's so many little niches. And I was having this conversation with someone else. Like, if you don't even know the terminology, it's hard to get into something. Like, how do you describe something? Like, if you don't know that's beauty photography, how are you supposed to emulate beauty photography if you don't even know that is beauty photography? Exactly. That's literally why I didn't do it. Because I was like, what is it about this photo? That's literally what I would think. Mm -hmm. I didn't think, oh, you know what? I see the same photos when I go to a Sephora in the ads for a certain makeup brand. You know, I didn't think that. Mm -hmm. So I just didn't understand until I started doing more research, until I started seeing, okay, who took this photo? And then I would be like, oh, they're a beauty photographer. What's a beauty photographer? Mm -hmm. And so that's just kind of how I figured it out a little bit. <laughs> no, that's the thing is like you got to you got to start learning what your niche is all about. And I always talk about like I think it's important to not put yourself into one specific category, but at the same time in order to become a master at that specific niche, you need to focus on that thing. And like I'm not saying that you can't be a different photographer who also like dabbles in landscapes and whatnot, but you know, a lot of people, they want to be jack of all trades and you can do that, but you also, it's hard to, you know, get good at one particular thing unless you're delving into it much more deeply and putting more time and effort into that. Like, it's just, you can't, I feel like there are very few pro landscape photographers who are also beauty photographers. There's a reason why people niche down. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I was lucky that I really only liked that one style of photography, you know, because sometimes, and I felt this before I noticed that, right? Before I figured out that I wanted to do beauty, I was like, oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try it. And then I would not succeed because again, I didn't understand it. And then I would be like, oh, I like this too. I'm going to try it. And so I tried so mm -hmm. many things until I realized, okay, mainly I, I love beauty, right? So I should just mm -hmm. focus on that. And then that's just what I've been doing ever since. And then obviously right now with this, you know, situation, this global pandemic that, you know, we're all dealing with what well, I can't really mm -hmm. do it. So now uh, it's my opportunity to do product shots, which actually I'm really excited about because I always wanted to do it. I just didn't have the motivation to do it. Mm -hmm. but, and now you have no choice. But no to. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
so when you were doing, I know you started dabbling in product photography quite a few months ago, but not as much as you are now that you have the time to do so. What what made you gravitate towards uh, product photography? Was it just like a natural extension of beauty since it was studio and everything was set up? Or wh- what was it about product that made you interested? I think, I think it's important that a beauty photographer should know uh, product photography, especially in the beauty space. Like I should understand makeup pr- photography because it puts me in a better position against, not against, but you know what I mean when it comes to finding a potential job with a potential client um, that I also can do product photography, you know? So. Oh, yeah. No, just like having having that in your toolbox makes you a much more, um, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Much more, not usable, but, like you know, marketable. accomplished, no. fo- exactly, marketable mm-hmm. photographer because you can do more. Like if you are going up against someone who only does beauty photography and you're like, hey, I can do beauty and product, exactly. they're more, you're more likely to get the job. Exactly. So you're more qualified for that kind of thing. Yeah. So, and the great thing about it too, especially for me right now, is that I could actually, like, this is what I've been trying to figure out. I've been like doing self, like evaluation of my photography and basically my life right (laughs) during these times Mm -hmm. and i'm just like it must be hard for people who only have to do photos of other people during this time because we can't right so i really have that advantage that i have a studio that i have all these strobe lights that i have all these all this equipment because i could reach out to brands and i can i can be like hey just send me the products and i'll take the photos and so that's actually what i've been working on lately um creating you know packages to send to clients and um i actually created like my whole um i how would i say this like portfolio not 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 just portfolio but like a list of packages like the emails that i'm going to send i actually even created a document where i already have like my leads and the point of contact at each company and things like that the only thing i haven't done is actually sent an email because I, I feel like I have everything, but now it's like, oh, crap, I got to put myself out there. And it's scary because what if I get rejected, you know, <laughs> but I shouldn't think like that. that. I find that so funny because of all the people I know, you are the one that puts themselves out there the most. And I find that so interesting that even you have that fear of rejection when your work is so good. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, can you explain to me why do you think that I, I put myself out there the most? Well, okay, so something that I've been super nervous about that you've been doing for months now is reaching out to agencies and working with models and having all that. So you have that that line of communication already set up and you have the portfolio to back it up and you've been working with a lot of professional models because you have that line of communication. And you were telling me to start doing that. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know. So I find it really interesting uh, that for you, that fear of rejection is still real, even though your your level of work is so good. <laughs> Do you, I think a lot of photographers out there are going through the same thing. And they're, you know, maybe starting out not as far along as their career. But it's good to hear that from someone who is so far along and has already worked with brands and professional models that, you know, the fear of rejection is is still there for no matter what part of your career you're in. Oh, yeah, it's definitely there. But thank you so much. Those are very kind words. I appreciate it. I mean, your work is fantastic, too. Obviously, you know, you have inspired me a lot and uh, you should not you should really uh, like know that about your work. I appreciate that, um, my dear. <laughs> but you should reach out to agencies. It's so easy, really. That's 
Like, I've actually even reached out to IMG models and they have replied to me and I've worked with them. And it's just really, um, it's beneficial for everybody to, you know, for the photographer, for the agencies and for the models to work like on test shoots and things like that. So, so you want to, you want to um, glaze over and, you know, give me a quick rundown of how I or other potential photographers would be doing that? How, how they go about doing yeah, that? Yeah, of course. Um, so there's different ways that you can go about it. So if you, if you find a model that you like, mm-hmm. um, and you see that she's with an agency, you could directly message her. And then most of the time she would say, sure, but you have to email my agent. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then they will give you their agents like, um, email. Um, and then at that point you'd be like, Hey, my name is Layla. I spoke with X model and, she mentioned that I would need to reach out to you. I would love to do a test shoot with her for my portfolio only. It wouldn't, you know, basically, because it's a test shoot, you can't use it to sell anything, right? So it would be mm-hmm. like for my portfolio. And um, I would really love, you know, if, if we can make that work or something like that. This is the team I have. This is the concept that I have with her. Mm-hmm. Done. And um, most of the time they will answer. Sometimes if the model is already working with a lot of brands and she doesn't need any test shoots, they would say no, but they would be like, but here are other other models you can work with. That's most of the time, like 99% of the time, that's how they reply. And, um, and that's the one way to, that's one way to do it. Or also you can go to, you can, if you're in LA, right? Or if you're in Phoenix, you can say, phoenix modeling agencies and then you go through their website and you can find the models that you want to work with and then you can email them and say hey my name is Layla. i really like um i would really like to do a test shoot with x y and z model these are my um basically my top picks uh, let me know if it would be possible and again you give them the concept and then they may say um they are not in town right now because a lot of the models don't actually live in this in those cities they kind of come and go they're signed with multiple agencies and they were like but these models are and so that's just kind of how it goes but it's just really easy and most um most agencies actually sometimes they even reach out to photographers now i've gotten to a point where i don't anymore agencies reach out to me but um they would actually really like if photographers um reach out to them so you mentioned earlier like you say this is the concept this is the group of people i have around to help make the concept a reality do you think having that group of people, you know, like a hair and makeup artist or lighting or whatever, who's ever is in your squad, do you think that sets you apart? Or do you think that's a necessity that you have to have to just get your foot in the door? The thing is, okay, the one time I did it and I didn't have a team, this is my very first time reaching out to a um, to an agency, right? I didn't have a team and they gave me a really good model and um, I because I didn't know how it went, right? How the communication stuff goes. Um, basically, um, the way it happened is the model came without any makeup or her hair done. Mm. You see what I mean? So then the photos were okay. And then it didn't work out so well with the agency for me because I didn't have that. So it would have been really good for me to say, I don't have a team. It's just me as a photographer. Can the makeup, can the model come with makeup done? And this outfit, maybe a, a white t-shirt with black jeans or something like that. You know what I mean? So then you have to be very specific about that. So do you think it was more of a communication error issue where you didn't mention that? Or do you think it was like because you didn't have a team, they wouldn't have hired you or allowed this to happen in the first place? I think it was, I think actually 
it was a miscommunication on both ends. Okay. They should have also asked me because now all the other agencies I talk to, they say, hey, like, who is the makeup artist? Can you send me their, in- their Instagram or their portfolio too? And then every single time now I have to give them a call sheet. Mm. So a call sheet basically gives all the information, um, what time, location, who is the model, who is the photographer, who is the makeup artist, hairstylist, and all that so stuff. So all that and is so ingrained, like it's written there. in stone so they know what's going on. Exactly. Okay. And then mine says, make sure to bring a bandeau top, bring clean face, and br- bling, bring sorry, <laughs> bring um, clean and dry hair. That's what all mine says. That's all the information that mine says. So would you say it's a necessity to have a team around you to make this happen, or it's just... It helps. No, I think it, it's really great because then you can, everybody is involved in in the shoot to make it better. I always, actually, there's a lot of makeup artists that I work with. They're like, ah, you know, that's great. But if we do it at this angle, so there's more people involved in the, in the success of the photo, right? Mm. So it's great for everybody. Do you think that's always a positive outcome that, that there are more people involved? Or do you think sometimes it's kind of a hindrance because you have a certain vision and other people might be butting heads against that? Um, I think as a photographer, you're, you own the photos, right? So you have to, you are basically like, not, I wouldn't say the boss, but because it's, it's a collaboration, but at the same time, it's, it's your, your vision too, you know? So you You have the final say. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I would say that you have to communicate the concept that you want. Right. And then they have to, they have to uh, like help make it better. Right. So for example, actually too, if you're going to have, you have to have the concept for hair and makeup, right? If you're going to have a hair and makeup, makeup uh, stylist join the shoot, because what if the hairstylist comes and she has the idea that she wants to do a crazy hairstyle, and then the makeup artist wants to do the same thing. And then the, she just, the model ends up looking crazy. You know what I mean? Hair and makeup need to complement each other. And so if, if the two of them did not, like if there's not a concept already in mind, it could be a total disaster. So either the hair is going to be crazy and we're going to focus on hair or we're going to focus on makeup, you know? And so, uh, or none of them. We can have very simple, but we still need a makeup artist and a hairstylist but it all has to go with what the concept of the photo is like the photo is you know what I mean like the photographer has this like the say I don't know I don't know how you say that in English but yeah (laughs) so let's say the shoot is happening you're taking the photos everything's going well the shoot is finished everyone parts ways everyone's good you then edit the photos do you send those to the agency do you send those to the model what happens post-production okay so once everything is done, you have to send them to the agent. I always send it to the agent first. I, well, actually, no, I always send it to the makeup artist and the hairstylist first. And many times they're like, hey, you know, can the retoucher, because I don't retouch my photos anymore. I don't have time. But can't be like, hey, can they retouch the, the lipstick? There, there's a part where the lipstick looks really bad over here. Can they fix that? So I have their eyes too, because they're going to try to see their work be perfect, right? And so um, I send it to them first. And then um, once everything, we all agree that the photo is great, I send it to the agent and also to the model. So then what happens there? Does the agency start paying you? Does the agency bring you back? How does how does this help further the career then? Um, it can if the agencies, some, uh, this hasn't happened to me, but the agencies can keep you in their, um, 
in their list of photographers like for future shoots um or actually some agencies hire their own photographers to be basically the photographer to 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 continue building the portfolios for the models in their within their agencies you know okay so sometimes it can lead to a lot of prospective jobs or even a permanent job but sometimes it's also just for your personal benefit it's mostly just for your personal benefit for your portfolio okay, so you get to work but with for professional me it's been models, great because yeah okay yeah exactly for me it's been great because the moment i started working with agency signed models that's when my portfolio basically went like i took it to another level like that you know and also the moment where i started doing professional retouching also and that's literally i remember as soon as i started paying somebody else to do my retouching um i started getting clients and i started making like way more money than i was making before i did Mm -hmm. that so how important do you think that the having a retoucher for you has been? Oh, it's been everything. Yeah. Because you, you, been... you've been so busy outsourcing that to someone else has made your life so much easier and it's allowed you to take on more jobs. It's allowed me to take on more jobs and it's allowed me to because retouching, it takes so long, right? <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. want to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I know I can do it. Actually, it helped me retouch better because I see their work on my photos. And then I can retouch them. I've actually done it many times to see if I can replicate what the retoucher done, like has done, and I can. It's not that you can't do it. It's that you don't want to do it. It's just that I don't want to do it. And then also I include that in the price that I charge my clients apart from... So I do have like... My clients are just going to see one price, right? But in there, I already calculated for this many photos. If I'm paying 15 to $35 per photo, it depends on who I'm going to use, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, I'm going to include that in the price. Um, and it's, I'm going to say, Hey, I'm going to do a photo shoot. This is my price for this many hours. And you're going to get 10 retouch photos. And then I'm going to make sure that whatever money I make apart from that, I'm happy with. Right. So when you're doing these photo shoots, what's the part that you take pride in most? So I know a lot of people, they, you know, some people love the photo taking part. Some people love the editing part. Some people love the actual like pre and post, like, what do you think is the most important part for you? For for me, for test shoots, is different than like if a client actually paid me because if a client paid me, they know what they want, right? They tell me exactly what they want. So at that point, it would be for sure taking the photos. And I really love because I do shoot tethered. So my clients immediately can see what I'm doing. And the fa- and like just hearing them say, oh my God, the photo is everything. Like when they say that, it's just like incredible to me. And um because my studio is at my house, you know, I love being able to show them like hospitality in my own house. And so all that stuff I really like when it comes to my photography and um, making sure that my clients are very happy with my work. And so far, I feel all my clients have been. So <laughs> so for you, it's more about the experience of the photo shoot and less about the final product. Um, yes, but I also make sure that like because for me, I try to do great in all of it. I have to make sure that the... I I make sure that they're happy with the final product while they're here already. Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. I mean, like, obviously, you're not going to deliver something that you're not proud of. Yeah. But I think for you, what I'm getting is that you enjoy the experience of the yeah. process of making that exactly. final product a reality Yeah. more so than the actual final exactly. product. And the cool thing about this style of photography, because I can control my lighting, like, if I have to do it outside in the sun or something, I, there's very, like, you can still control it. 
right? But with beauty and studio photography, I have full control of the lighting. So sometimes I see that, and not all, I, in my opinion, I don't think that all lighting looks good on every model, um, depending on their features, right? So um, there's been times where I'm taking a photo and then I see, you can see in the body language of the client or of the makeup artist or anybody in the team, like, mm, you know, and so I'm like, what can I do to change it? And so I show them like two or three different options until they go, that's perfect. And so in that moment, I just love, it's just so satisfying to me when I finally, when I get it, when, when I get that wow moment, you know what I mean? From them. So, yeah. When you get that reaction, you're like, all right, I'm doing something right. They're happy. That makes me exactly. So when you're doing these photo shoots, um, these clients are finding you. How are they finding you? Actually, most people find me through Instagram and my website too. But I think people just go on my website from my Instagram. Okay. So they want to see the full portfolio. And then after being convinced, they're like, all right, this is, this is what we want. This was exactly. So when, when you, you've said you've worked with some brands and now you're, you're working with personal clients as well. Do you have a preference between the two? Oh, brands for sure. I only want to work with brands. <laughs> so, okay. So the, the goal is to no longer work with one-on-one clients and to work only with brands. Yeah, I would prefer, I would prefer that. Um, because, um, Brands have budgets. <laughs> mm. and, and that's not a shallow thing to say. I know a lot of people like to laugh about that, but that's that's truly where the money is. It if is. you want to have more consistent stuff, and I mean, you want to start working with brands. Like, let's think about how much is the makeup like industry, right? The market. I don't know. Let me. Look. I have to look it up, but um, it's probably millions or billions. I would argue, right? It's an industry that's Oh, huge. yeah, I'd say it's well into the billions, if not trillions of <laughs> dollars in exactly. that industry. It's huge. And, and so um, that's why also I really like being a beauty photographer because if I am a, like, let's say if I just take photos of people, I'm limited to, I mean, you have more clients, right? Because it's just people in general, which is great. But at the same time, um, I feel like sometimes people are harder to deal with. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, and that's, I think, I think, you know, we all want to walk around eggshells with past or future clients and whatnot, but the, at the, I keep hearing from so many professional photographers that they want to limit the amount of client shoots they have and look for revenue streams elsewhere because dealing with clients is, is so much work and it can be very draining. And sometimes that takes the spark of joy away from it because you want to be focusing on the art, not necessarily the social aspect of customer service. Yeah. Actually, my real goal now is to just make a passive income with photography. Mm. So, um, you know, creating, I'm actually in the process of creating my own class Mm -hmm. and I'm going to, I'm going to just put it on my website to sell it. And it's going to be a very reasonable price. I think, um, that most people even, and I'm actually going to do it in English and in Spanish. More, yeah, more people. Exactly. More people. Right. And so, and eventually I would like to, uh, focus on workshops, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's those are my current goals. I think that's that's what a lot of photographers, they aspire to get to the point where they no longer need to take on clients. Yeah, exactly. Oh, by the way, I just looked it up. Uh, the beauty industry is a $532 billion industry. So Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a huge industry. So for you, when you were talking about people and products, because you're doing beauty photography with the model they're wearing a full face of makeup can you send that to product 
photographers as well and being like, hey, this is what they're actually wearing your product. And then on in addition to that, you're taking photos of the actual product themselves. Um, you mean like sell the photos that I already have? Not necessarily sell, but like when you're reaching out to brands, you're like, hey, this is what I'm capable of. And they are wearing your stuff. Like you were saying you walked into Sephora and whatnot and you saw those kinds of images. You're like, hey, I am capable of those images, but as well as the product of lipstick or whatever it is yeah, yourself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So is that yeah. it's it, you're combining both when you're sending them off to yeah. brands. OK, exactly. Um, it's actually really cool because I've gone to Sephora sometimes and I'm like, oh, I worked with that model before. Ah, dang, I work with her or damn, I can do a better job than these photos. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn, but <laughs> but toot, no, toot. it's true. And you're like, I could do a Dever, I could definitely do a better job than that. So, have you walked into a store yet and seen your own work on display? It, no, because um, I haven't sold any of my work to to brands that you know do sell to stores yet. Um, I do have a previous client that potentially will get you know, their stuff into a Sephora or probably Ulta or mm -hmm. something like that, but it just hasn't happened because they were a new brand. But yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, I mean, that would be amazing, right? Um, I yeah. did see somebody like print a huge like photo of mine. I don't know how they found it. It's, it wasn't even on my website, but it was printed and used like as a storefront, but not even just a storefront, but like almost like the billboard for it in like some place mm -hmm. near San Francisco. Somebody saw it that knew the model and then the model was like almost mad at me. She's like, why did you sell my photo? And I'm like, no, I didn't do it. They, and so then we had to contact the store to take it down. And it's just like, it's crazy. <laughs> so you had your own like legal issue because someone was using your photo without yeah, permission. Exactly. Luckily, the model's dad is a lawyer, so she he took care of it. So shut that down real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking on the the issue of legality and whatnot, how important is having a contract in place? Um. Well, most of the time when you work with uh, some agencies, they if you're gonna work with their model um they do make you sign a contract and it just basically says you're only going to use this for your portfolio then there's obviously like if you reach out to a model who is not and then you want to do like a model release form you can do that too is you should really do it because then they can't say like you can't post this um but there's also that like you own the photo right so there's that legality like i think in the state of california if you press the button like you own the photo yeah I, I believe that's across the nation yeah. of the United States. And in most countries, they have that kind of rule or something very similar to it. Exactly. Um, but that's the general, like, if you click the button and the shutter goes off, even if it's not your camera or not your phone exactly. or whatever, you own the rights to that photo. So you could hand your camera off to someone else. And if they take a photo, that's their, that's their. their photo, technically. Exactly. And so, but then... Um, also, I feel like the fact that the model came all the way to my house to do this collaboration, that in itself, it's, it's a way for me to say like, look, I can post this photo, but at the same time, you should, um, if, if, you know, you care about that, right. Um, have a contract now with my clients, um, I have everything written in, like I have everything written, right. So it's all in emails. Like this is how much I charge and you're only going to get this. This and that, this and that. So it's all really, you know, understood. Yeah, it's all black and white. There's no gray area. Everything is yeah. 100% certain. Exactly. <laughs> Do you, I feel like a lot of 
early photographers who are starting to get into this don't understand the need for a contract in place. And I feel like that's where a lot of them get screwed over and get threatened very easily by legal action or with a model telling them, oh, I don't like that photo. Could you please remove it? And they don't ne- like necessarily know their rights when it comes to photography. So I just I think it's a huge deal for a lot of starting photographers to understand the importance of contracts. And for a very long time, when exactly. when I first started out, I I didn't have any need for contract. Well, <laughs> I thought I didn't have a need for a contract because I was mostly just shooting with friends and doing casual stuff. Like there was there was no money in play or anything like that. But there was there was one deciding moment where I was shooting with one of my friends and I loved the photos. I was so proud of how these photos came out. And uh, I posted um, one of the photos and she wasn't the biggest fan. And after I, I talked her through it, she was like, all right, you can you can keep it up. And I'm like, I didn't tell her this, but I was like, I, I own the rights to the photo. Like you, you don't really get to dictate whether or not I keep the photo up or not. And then I posted the second photo from our awesome shoot and she freaked out and she was not happy at all. She was like, I'm going to, I'm going to sue you. Please take it down. You don't have my permission to post that. And I've, I freaked out and I didn't know my rights as a photographer. So I started looking into it. I talked to lawyer friends of mine. They're like, Mark, you're covered. As long as you're not using it for commercial use, since you didn't get a model release, you're totally fine. You're good to go. And I was like, all right, that's good. Um, but it sucks that, one, I lost a friend because of it, because that was unacceptable behavior. And two, it made me realize that even people who are super close to you can still flip out. And that's why it's it's yeah, always important exactly. to have a contract in play so everyone knows what the deal is and you can always refer back to it if anything comes yeah, up. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I would I would suggest. And it, they're so simple, too. Like, my contract is so short. It's just like, basically this is for my portfolio and if you sign it like i can post it (laughs) yeah exactly it's like it's it doesn't need to be this long complicated process it's just like all right here's the deal i own the rights i can do whatever i want with the photo you get to have access to the photo we're good and as long as everyone knows what it is it's just in writing and it's you know legal now it's the dotted line has been signed it's nothing to be scared of it's just something that protects all parties involved yeah exactly Actually, thinking about this one time I from a different photographer, I rented a studio from him and and he's like, yeah, I'm going to send you a contract and uh, you just have to pay the deposit and, you know, your lease is until, let's say, August, right? So I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, where's the contract? So he sends me a Word document and it was like, this document says that and then like a place to put my name. And then it was like, um, we'll lease until August 1st. And she's paying $500, <laughs> something like that. It was like two sentences. It was amazing. I'm like, okay, that's my contract, I guess. Yeah. And it, it doesn't, again, it doesn't need to be anything fancy as long as both parties know what's up. <laughs> and then you're like, all right, I haven't broken contract. I'm in this lease and it's $500. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> It was actually kind of funny. And it's actually great for me because I'm like, okay, I can break out of this contract <laughs> Yeah. probably pretty easily, but no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's, a Having that in place, even even a very loose one, is very important. And I think <laughs> yeah. a lot of photographers need to realize the importance of that. But uh, so you were saying that you love having the ability to control your lighting. And for me personally, when I invested in a video light, I haven't really used lighting for photography yet, but I will be eventually. I think my best experience was probably with you when you let me like push a button. But um, 
that lighting is such a game changer, both for photo and video. And when you have that full control over it, it changes everything. And when you start understanding the basics of lighting, you could have the worst camera on the market with a kit lens. But if you know what you're doing with lighting, oh, that makes a world of difference. So talk about your experience and how you learned from going from natural light that you couldn't control to, you know, indoor lighting to your basic studio lights to now your very professional, very expensive studio lights. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I, when I first got my first light, I was like, okay, lighting is a whole monster and I didn't understand it. And it was just through practice, through moving the light. Um, basically even sometimes moving it just a little bit can, can change the whole look so much you know so it was just through practice that I really got to understand it a lot I got to um play with different modifiers and how each of them work um so really it was just practice and also kind of studying the science behind it too because that's also important because there is really like a science behind it right like how how you balance light how how it works right um but it's been really fun, actually. And with product photography, lighting is just so... Even more important. It's just so important because when you do product photography, you're doing basically like there's... there You have to think about the psych, like psychology of it, right? What is going to mm. make a client buy this product? That's what you have to mm. think. So obviously you want... Like if there's a logo, the logo has to be perfectly illumined, illumined right? Or illuminated mm -hmm. i don't know how to say that mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, lit <laughs> lit exactly so you have to think about all those things and then you know if the if the product is reflective mm -hmm. um that it's gonna you just it's just crazy so you have to think about all those things and how it's going to interact with light if it's a matte product and you need more light to give it that yeah. sheen or if it's glossy and you're like all right i need to dim the light down and move it a bit to the exactly. left so it doesn't like yeah it doesn't interact and, and in fact really actually yeah with product photography like whenever i see a really good product photo i'm like oh, it's just so sexy to me can i say sexy <laughs> in your show <laughs> yes yes you can yes <laughs> no but seriously because it's just i know how complicated it is um for example if if the product again has some type of reflective aspect of it right or if the bottle has you know most bottles kind of reflect right if it's plastic or something or even glass so really you need a tripod and most likely you're gonna have to take like 10 different photos with changing the lighting for each part and and then combining combining it all later in post so it's really it's it's fun but it's also extremely frustrating <laughs> and oh, i'm yeah, dealing with yeah. it right now <laughs> how much work do you think goes into one final image how many hours of work do you think oh, from gosh, a lot. setting up to the final product uh, i i would say depending like so thinking about i think um first of all you have to style a photo right you have to think about mm -hmm. how you're gonna style it and yeah. so that takes a long time and then styling it perfectly it takes so long and you need so much product that you need to buy so many things for it like even like sticky putty or you know things like that you have to you have to have so many different props to take a photo that you these props you're not even gonna see it's insane um so there's just so much that goes behind a product photo actually i i don't 
I don't know how it works if you can share links or something in here, but I'm going to show you a photo from my favorite photographer in the world. He's like a photography god. And um, it's just like the behind the scenes of one photo of a purse. And it's just mind blowing. It, he has this giant studio and he has all these things to make this photo. And, it, and the final product is unreal. It's just so good. But you can tell that it took like a ton of people. It took so many props, so much equipment, so many lights, so many, so much to go into one photo that's going to sell one purse. You know what I mean? And Do you think that the average consumer will ever fathom how much effort went into that one no, photo or only photographers will appreciate it? No, even photographers, I, even photographers might not because... I, every time I see his photos, I'm like, wow, they're great, right? But then until I saw his BTS, I was like, oh my god, I thought it was all in post, but it's not. This, yeah. And it's crazy because I've noticed from the like from the best, in my opinion, the best product photographers. Th okay, most photographers were like, oh, I can fix that in post. I'm gonna add this in post. No, these photographers are gonna make sure it's completely perfect before you know retouching it. And so then when you retouch, it's just like making it even just better for the you know, for, for the audience or the client who's looking at it. Right. But yeah, it's crazy. And so it's just actually really interesting. And I'm, every time I'm watching tutorials and, and not even tutorials because the good stuff you can't find on like on YouTube. And stuff. Oh yeah, stuff exactly. You have to pay it's, for, it's, right? it's exactly. Cause that's, that's the information that no one else has. Like exactly. that's behind the firewall that, and that's, uh, we, you and I were having this conversation about dodging and burning yeah. a while back and how that you can't really find good tutorials no. on YouTube. And it's kind of like the industry's best kept secret. If you want to take your portrait work to the next level, you got to learn how to dodge and burn. Yeah. And you got to ditch frequency separation. That is my number exactly. one tip for this podcast. I'm done. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I am not it makes a, a world of difference yeah, yeah no it makes a world of difference when you just implement that one thing it takes your photos from looking okay to dang that's professional someone would definitely pay for that you can market yourself so much better exactly when you learn that one skill and that's the same with like your lighting or all the other things yeah. you're learning about product photography now yeah once you, you have those in your tool house exactly you have exactly. to really pay you, for that <laughs> And it that's it sucks that you have to pay someone to do it, but at the same time, you know, like that that knowledge is only reserved for the pros for a reason. Like they've made it at a certain point in their career because exactly. they know the information that you know the average Joe who's picking up a camera for the first time ever and is probably not going to pursue photography full time is never interested in like that. Exactly, and also they deserve basically to make a profit out of what they've oh, spent so much exactly and time. exactly yeah. when when you've been doing it for 10 20 30 40 years like that's you know you have knowledge that not many other people have and people will not realistically make it to that point learning from their own mistakes without that kind of knowledge yeah exactly yeah so i was watching these um these tutorials and stuff and it's just every time i'm watching it i'm like oh man i'm so inspired i'm gonna do this like the other day i was watching um i subscribed to one one of them um he has like his own website and he, you you subscribe to it and you have access to like a lot of classes and he sometimes goes lives and you have access to that right and so um so i was watching one and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna buy all these things all the props and the you know the backdrops which like they're basically acrylic like i don't know what they're called but acrylic boards i would say but anyway i bought all these things and i was so inspired and when i got to shooting i'm like 
I'm a failure. This is so hard. It's so hard. Really, the thing that frustrates me the most, but I love so much is product photography. And it's just, it's beautiful and horrible at the same time. And I just, yeah, I have a love-hate relationship. I feel like, I I feel like it is that love-hate relationship, though, that allows you to keep pushing forward because you're so frustrated because you know you're so close, but you want to master that one thing. And once you do, it's just like, oh, it feels... So yeah. like that's that's the drive that pushes you to learn things. Yeah. Because if exactly. it just comes easy, then you're like, all right, I'm not really interested in this anymore. Yeah. But it's crazy though, because like lately, I don't know if it's the quarantine or what's going on with me. It's like sometimes I like there's been days I I actually stopped for the last two days, but for the past week, every single day I took at least like five different product shots, right? So mm-hmm. I was like, every day I'm gonna do something. But it gets really messy because I have to have all the crap out at my table mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, I'm a f- clean freak. So it just, <laughs> I put it away because I couldn't look at it anymore. <laughs> but um, I was taking all these photos and then I would edit them and I would be so happy. And then whenever I would be done and I would post them on my website, I would feel so horrible after. I don't know what's going on. I'd be like, oh, it was just so much creativity. And then at the end, I'm just so exhausted that I want to cry. It's been really weird. <laughs> I'm going crazy. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we need to get outside and get some sun. They, they get yeah. that vitamin D. <laughs> I think everyone's going a little stir crazy. Yeah. But that's good that like you feel relieved that you're you're mastering this. And that's the thing. I think so many people ask me, like mark how do i get better at photography i'm like you just need to do it every day like even if you're taking just one photo every day if you're constantly shooting if you're constantly editing you know like i was on uh live earlier today editing some photos for star wars day to day that i took last year Mm -hmm. and one of the comments from one of my friends like dude mark you make editing look so easy because it's just so flawless i'm like well you know it's just muscle memory at this point because i've done it so much that it's just like bam 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 next step you know like and other people are like oh i don't know how to do this i don't know like if you just keep doing it like i remember when i was first starting to get into photography i was literally shooting every day like if i didn't have a model i was just going out and walking for like three hours taking pictures of random crap just because i was like you know i need to practice and and if that's you're not how shooting, I got you're retouching, better. right? So it's exactly. Just, if yeah. you're not shooting, you're retouching. Like you're always learning something. Exactly. Even if you're like not learning directly from a tutorial or from someone else, you're learning through mistakes. You're learning through experience. Exactly. And I think that's something that is so underrated, especially when people want that, you know, to become a master overnight. It doesn't happen. It does not happen. Yeah, you need so much practice. And this goes for most things in life. You know, yes, some exactly. people have a like have more of an eye for photography than others but if you learn these things i feel like most people can accomplish it because i really didn't have i i did not have the eye for it before i didn't understand it and um but i learned it you know it's something that i exactly. that i was able to learn now the thing that the thing that actually today i was like feeling so low right and i was like man did i choose beauty photography because in my opinion beauty photography is very easy because you don't mm. really like yes you can the hard part is the lighting right that's hard mm-hmm. but for me it's easy now right but i'm mm-hmm. like there's not much creativity i mean in my opinion because all you do is take a photo with the with the makeup and so mm-hmm. the the makeup artists can be creative because they have you know they can do the makeup and the colors and whatnot and that's kind of cool but there's just some photographers that have the that can do so many creative things. And I'm just, I'm, I was very jealous of that today. I was like, oh man, there's not much creativity in what I do. 
and uh, I'm craving that, you know. And even with product photography, yes, you can be creative, but at the same time, like I said, there has to be like a science and a, some type of yeah. form of like psychology behind it because I can't be so creative if I'm going to take a photo of like, I don't know, if I'm going to take a photo of a certain product and combine it with something that has nothing to do with it, it makes no sense, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I feel like in beauty photography, it's hard to be creative because I don't, I'm not that creative really. <laughs> I've, I've had this conversation with quite a few of my friends and it's like we, it was more so in line with um, client work, you know, like you have a certain vision in mind and when you're doing client work, you know, sometimes they appreciate that vision and they want to go for it. But more often than not, you know, you're being hired to produce a product. You don't have the final say, like you're no longer mm -hmm. your own boss. And so you don't have that yeah. creative range to do whatever you want. And so it's interesting hearing you saying that about beauty photography because it's like when you're trying to, you know, show off a product for a brand that you're potentially trying to work with, you can't go crazy because it's like that's not the, the industry standard. And sure, like you can push the boundaries a little bit. Exactly. But like if you push it too far, they're not even going to look at your work and be like, all right, this is not at all what we're looking for. Exactly. So you need to market yourself in a mm -hmm. way that's responsible, but also as creative as you can get. But like that creativity kind of puts you in a box when you're working for something else like that. So like having that outlet where you can just be completely crazy and do your own stuff, I think that's where a lot of people tend to thrive. And that's why personally I've been focusing more on YouTube lately because I have full creative control and i love that yeah that's so good yeah i think today i was thinking i'm like maybe i should just do the creative stuff for me not necessarily for other people like for other people to see really but no exactly um, like we we yeah. all need that outlet because exactly. you know i think we dr we go crazy if we yeah. don't do those things for you like we don't necessarily need to share it with the world it's just you know like this is for me this is for my sanity this is just to, exactly you know, like we don't and i've had this conversation with a lot of people you don't want photography and your creative outlet to start becoming work you want exactly. it to still be fun you want to have that spark of joy so that means separating work from enjoyment and being like, all right, this is a passion project. This is just for me. This is something I might share with the world. But if I don't, that's totally fine because it's it's for my eyes. And that's what really matters. Exactly. Exactly. So today I was just like, you know, thinking about those things. And I was like, OK, what's going to be my next project? You know, so I'm excited to think um, outside the box and to try to create something fun and creative. And we shall see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is it gonna stay in the studio? Um, no, it's not. Be no. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> but you'll still be using uh, your your fancy lights, or no. you're also gonna be using natural light. No, I wanna use I wanna use natural light. Oh, so she's going outside her usual. So she's going yeah. real creative on this one. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited yeah. to see what you come up with. Hopefully you do share it with me, even if you don't share with the world. I'm excited to see Thanks. what you come up with. Cause me I'm, too. Mm, I don't know what's going to be. <laughs> I don't know what it is either, but I'm excited. You you inspire it's, me, my dear. Thank you. Actually, I was having a conversation with another photographer today and he inspired me because he was like, what is it about us photographers that people will remember? You know what I mean? Like, mm. will people remember you as just one of those like Instagram photographers or are you going to create something that creates an emotion in somebody that mm -hmm. will make you be remembered, you know, years from now? So I was like, damn, like that's a like that's a very heavy question, right? Like it questioned my yeah. entire my entire photography 
like journey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and it's, I feel like that question is even more relevant now because I feel like Instagram has been on the decline for a while, mm-hmm. especially for creative work. And some of those big Instagram photographers that you used to hear all about and see on your timeline all the time, you're not seeing or hearing about as often. Yeah. And their style was very, you know, it was a fad. Like yeah, it was a, a exactly. trend. It wasn't something that continued on. So yeah, but, you but it, need- I think it goes beyond that. Like the work itself, you know, is it, mm. was it just like people remember them because they had a lot of followers or because it was their work actually like legendary was it just life changing you know like there's been some photographers who have like changed the the industry right have changed like have sh- like been like shake shook and shook the word i don't know the world <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know how to say yeah. that but so he was just telling me all these things like the people who actually made a name for themselves and do i want to be remembered like that and so those are the people who didn't follow rules, who just kind of did, in I don't know, very creative stuff. And so I'm like, man, like, I'm going to do so much research on all these, like, some of them probably are already dead, right? And so um, that's kind of what I want to do. Like, I want to do something different because, you know, there are some photographers that are very popular, right, on Instagram, Twitter, or whatever. And then um, there's millions of photographers that try to do what they do, right? And so then it's just like, I keep seeing the same stuff over and over and over. I need to see something different, right? So that's where I want to be creative. I want to do something different that I haven't seen. And that is very hard. That That's why I don't think it's going to be very easy for me to to create something like oh, that. Oh, <laughs> no. I think that's one of the most difficult things for any artist, to find your personal style that's going to set you apart from the rest that isn't like anything else like inventing that new thing that is like no one has ever seen before is probably the most difficult thing you're ever going to do yeah and it's it's definitely a journey that we're all going on yeah uh i want to touch on one last thing Mm -hmm. i think especially with you (laughs) i found very interesting um Mm -hmm. because i was telling you you should get on Twitter. And you were like, ah, I don't know. I don't really use Twitter that much. I don't see the benefit. I'm like, Layla, just do it. You'll see what I'm talking about, that it's so much better than Instagram. And then you did. Tell me about that experience. Oh my gosh. Okay, first of all, I love Twitter. Now, thanks. (laughs) It's been so great because I actually feel like it's a community because... Mm-hmm. not only like if somebody like likes your work and they retweet it like then their followers mm-hmm. will see it too right so it's just like mm-hmm. it's just you have more reach for sure but apart from that mm-hmm. i feel like um there's a lot of uh creative people out there but then for me specifically i have not i haven't told you this yet oh. but for me specifically i actually don't see other beauty photographers on twitter and it sets me that apart. That is very true. Have you seen? There's n- yeah, I haven't exactly. seen anybody else. And so my work yeah. stands out a lot. And so that, I think that's why I was able to, I mean, I don't really have that many followers, but I feel like considering the fact that I have like, what, 500 followers and my photos get a lot of reach is because there aren't really others, right? It's different. Yeah. You exactly. stand out in the crowd. And yeah. so actually, I have, I actually, it's crazy. People have, uh, who follow me on Twitter um have seen me out and about and have taken photos with me because they're like oh my god you're that photographer oh my god. so i'm like oh my god thanks <laughs> but <laughs> apart from that people message me daily on twitter and like on the private messages and say how do you mm-hmm. do that i have never seen such photos like that crisp what do you do yeah and so it's been great because 
I believe that we photographers should really be generous with our knowledge to a certain extent, mm-hmm. right? Not to an extent where you're just going to do everything for free, right? But at Exactly. The, yeah, so it's given me the opportunity to share my knowledge with a lot of people. And I actually have had a lot of them ask me, can you be my mentor when it comes to photography? And I and I, it's been great because I feel like I'm helping a lot of other photographers in that sense. And it's crazy to me because I'm like, you know, I don't I don't really know what I'm doing. I've been doing this for a year and four months. So <laughs> really, <laughs> that's the thing, though, is like because your work is so good. I feel like a lot of people who are starting out like I have been doing photography a little bit longer than you, but not that much longer yeah. than you. We're both relatively new to this industry. Yeah. And yet it's it's really, it always blows my mind when someone's like, hey, can you teach me how to do this? Like, I have no idea. You seem to know everything. And I'm like, I, I'm just figuring yeah, stuff out exactly. as I go, you know? But <laughs> it's, it's, it's so interesting to see. And like you said, honestly, you've been inspiring me to help other people as well. Because previously we were talking about that, the, you know, you don't want to work for free, but you also want to help someone else. Mm -hmm. And I had difficulty finding that, that fine line where it's like, okay, where is this? Mm -hmm. I'm doing this practically as a full-time job and helping someone out versus I'm just giving, you know, tidbits of information that Mm -hmm. they can help out with. And I tend to be on the more stingier side, but after like (laughs) hanging out with you and seeing how you've been helping so many people, I was like, you know what? I should, you know, use Layla as an example because I know what I felt like when I first started out photography, knowing absolutely nothing. And, you know, if I, I never reached out to anyone Mm because I didn't really know that was an option or whatnot. But, you know, if I did, I would have appreciated, you know, a helpful response, even if it wasn't, you know, like a full time, here's like step by step like I don't really expect that Mm -hmm. from someone especially when it's their full-time job but you know just like a a friendly helpful information tidbit that could potentially and then you build that relationship with them they're like you know what I can trust this person and I appreciate that they took the time out of their day to respond so it's because of you that I've I've been doing my best to help more people who do message me well actually it's because of one of my photographer friends too she's incredible and she's a beauty photographer actually I really want to talk about this really quickly if we still have time but this photographer, she's incredible, and she shared with me how much she she uh, charges, right? And so, um, she's basically so open with with her journey, with basically not just me, but I've seen her give many other photographers so much information. And I'm like, mm-hmm. she's so generous with her knowledge, and I want to be like that because she helped me a lot. And it's not like I'm mm-hmm. taking away jobs from her, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's been so nice. And thanks to her, I was inspired to help others. But at the same time, she like I'm like, why is she sharing her rates with me when I barely know her? You know, she told me everything. She's mm-hmm. like, I, I charge this much for this. She told me everything. And I'm like, why are you telling me this? She's like, I believe that we as photographers should all share our prices because there's always those photographers who we, we really val- value our our photography and then there's somebody that comes and charges fifty dollars for a whole photo shoot and it's like mm-hmm. thanks to you know people who are charging less we are suffering more even though we mm-hmm. spent like thousands of dollars on our equipment right like for example yeah one of my strobe lights is really expensive and you know i have multiple so that i can provide this yeah. job for for mm-hmm. a brand Client right work yeah exactly and so um I need to I need to make that up, right? So I need to charge more. But if somebody else comes and starts to charge way less, I'm going to ruin it for Then they're a, undervaluing all photographers, exactly. exactly. So I think it's important that photographers talk about pricing and how much we charge mm-hmm. and all these things and really inspire others to bring to like to better the market for for everybody mm-hmm. else, you know. 
Yeah, because too often I feel like people are like, oh my God, you charge that much for X amount of photos? That's that's insane that you're, how dare you charge that much? And it's like, no. No. If you actually average out what a normal photographer makes, you're making less than minimum wage per hour exactly. of work. You just don't understand how much work goes in behind the scenes, like yeah. pre-shoot, during the shoot, mm-hmm. post-shoot, equipment, getting to the shoot like all of this stuff adds up very quickly and like if you actually add up what a photographer makes it's probably less than eight dollars an hour yeah when you're taking account into how much yeah. time it actually may like takes to produce the final product yeah exactly and so and then if the if the client wants changes and things like that it just adds even more time and so mm-hmm. um it's just not fair you know and so i think we should all be really open about that maybe like you should do a video on that one day Mark, <laughs> <laughs> I think you might need to help me out with that because you are in a totally different market than I am. And it's very interesting to see yeah. how price can jump from market to market as well. And I mean, what you should charge for certain things. Yeah, I'm I'm one of the lowest I know with beauty because I'm so new compared to the other ones that I do mm. know for sure. Um, and they have more experience and they have worked with more clients. And like, for example, a beauty brand wants to work with a photographer that has worked with other beauty brands and so i don't have that many in my portfolio so i have to Mm -hmm. i can't really charge that much but even my rates are i'm like 90 percent of my clients say no to me you know what i mean like potential clients they don't want to pay what i charge and so it's just been really crazy but at the same time like i would rather do less shoots and get paid more than exactly have a headache of doing all the shoots exactly you want to charge a premium service for your premium product that you're offering and not devalue yourself and do more you know bulk and less value and because that just stresses you out even more and burns you out even more and i don't want to work you know i'm just kidding (laughs) exactly i mean like that's that's what every photographer wants to get to like i more and more in the industry it's like i want to make sure and that's why it's really interesting me being on youtube now I'm still taking on client shoots. I mean, not so much during the pandemic, but you know, I would love for it to that like YouTube is now like the main form of income and all my other passive income, like presets and and teaching stuff. Like I would love for that to be like the main source of income. So I don't need to deal with clients. It's not that I don't like dealing with clients. It's just that it's definitely more work than doing something I have full creative control over. Exactly. So we were talking about pricing and whatnot. And in some of the the Twitter community that I'm a part of and that you are as well, in some of the group chats, you get a lot of people who are starting out and they're like, hey, um, I'm shooting a wedding this weekend or this month or someone asked about me shooting a wedding. I have no idea what to charge for that. Like, should I charge $200? And I'm like, no, (laughs) do not charge $200 for a wedding. You need to charge minimum, absolute minimum, a thousand. And like, that's given that you actually know what you're doing as a photographer. Mm -hmm. Like if you have, you know, like a basic camera and you're shooting auto and you're like, hey, I, I got this three weeks ago and I'm having fun and someone wants me to shoot their wedding, you should not be... Yeah. If you're charging someone to shoot a wedding, you're at a point in your career where like you're like, okay, I'm confident in my abilities. Exactly. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so that aside, it it just becomes a question of, you know, I don't know how to value myself in this particular situation. I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I struggled with that for a very long time, trying to find the right value, the monetary value to place on a specific package or price for my work. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like I looked at it, I'm like, I'm a cheapskate. Would I pay myself for that? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but 
it's like <laughs> i'm like but then you have to think like i'm worth it and then you again we we're talking about like you add everything up like the software to edit the, the equipment getting there shooting like mm-hmm. it you're not actually making that much money you just have to package it in a way that includes everything and that price is usually higher exactly. than what you think it is and it's it's mind-blowing when you actually like start timing yourself from editing and doing all the work mm-hmm. you're like dang i didn't realize i worked that long and hard on this specific thing i really do need to start charging more exactly i actually included everything that i do in my pricing in my packages i'm like this is what it includes my time my planning styling retouching <laughs> you know what i mean finding exactly. the models finding the team organizing the shoots my you know like all that stuff creative direction and retouching like yeah all of that I include it so that the clients can say like, okay, it's not just she's going to come and press a button, you know? Exactly. Like, no, it's a whole process. Mm-hmm. And I think the the better you are at communicating that and un- like allowing the client to understand that, the more understanding they start to become about why you charge the price that you do. It's not just, hey, I showed up and pushed a button. Exactly. It's a lot more than that goes into it. So for a lot of new photographers out there, I think it's really important to stop undervaluing yourself because a lot of the time, especially good photographers we undervalue ourselves so much because we're like oh you know i enjoy doing this it's fun it's 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 not work but it is work and a wedding photographer sounds like the most stressful work ever it is so because if you miss the kiss like it's done you miss the kiss yeah you You don't you don't get to be like hey can you go back and like uh do that real quick is like exactly and it's not like you know they're paying you for the stress too you know what i mean yeah and it's hours it's hours and it's like breaking your back depending exactly depending on the wedding it could go from six to 15 hours of shooting time Uh where you expected to to take part in that whole time and that's a lot of time and effort and money and a lot of photos and a lot of editing and and a lot of stress and because because it's gonna be like day and night if you're gonna do photos of like the party or whatever you have to know Mm -hmm. both how to shoot at night or how to shoot indoors or outdoors you have to be prepared for all of that and you have to carry all that equipment oh my god and you have to have enough space like storage for all of that and enough batteries and it's just like people don't understand no, people don't understand. And, so when I yeah. see someone being like, oh, should I charge $300 for a wedding? I'm like, no, <laughs> you know what you're doing. You need to start charging min- at least minimum 1000 Yeah, at and least. And then after you have a portfolio, then you can start thinking about increased pricing and like breaking down packages yeah. for by hour or how much that includes for what package they want. Exactly. But at minimum, <laughs> like there's a standard that you need to meet. And I keep telling my other friends that who are just portrait photographers. They're like, oh, you know, I'm charging like $80 a shoot. I'm like, no. Mm-mm. Your work is good. You need to charge at least no, 250 that, 300 Like, you need to raise that standard. Yeah, and they're like, what? No one is going to book me then. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you're setting yourself apart from the people who are also undervaluing themselves and delivering subpar work. And even though it, it sucks and it feels like no one's going to book you, people will come to you because exactly. your work is good enough. And then those are the clients you want who actually value you and pay you what you're worth. Exactly. And they'll probably be repeat clients as well. And also the benefit of, okay, like let's say you want to charge $100 per photo shoot and you mm-hmm. think that people are not going to hire you. Okay, if you want to make $500, you have to work five times and work five times that mm-hmm. amount. But you can charge $500 for a one photo shoot and just work once 
Exactly. And it's fine if those four other people didn't reach out to you. They were like, oh, you're too expensive because you get one. And it's just like, okay, I worked basically for that that made up for the other time, you know? Exactly. No, it was really interesting. Also, our cameras, like they have a life. So it's not like, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to invest later on. And that's the thing that really people don't understand. Yes, I'm pressing a button, but every button you're wasting my camera. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a life to this thing, and that's what people don't realize. A lot of the pro cameras out there, they have about a half million shutter life that is guaranteed exactly. for. Exactly. Um, a lot of the entry level full frames have about a two hundred thousand shutter life. So right? yeah, you know, a lot of photos. But if you know you're shooting a wedding, that could be like a hundred weddings. Exactly. That's not that much. Exactly. That's like a year. <laughs> Literally, I'm getting pissed. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <Over here. laughs> i'm ready to fight you know no it's charge more it's it's exactly no you i think a lot of artists need to start charging more because that's what makes the difference and like i was talking about my own experience from when i started realizing how much i was worth and i was struggling with that Mm -hmm. uh when i started doing grad shoots i was charging like initially when i started i was charging you know between either give me a meal or like pay me like 20 bucks and we're good and then I started doing headshots for like 20 bucks. And I was like, oh, that's I'm great. I'm making money. Great. And I started doing more grad shoots and I started charging, I think it was like $80 a shoot. And I was like, dang, I'm working so much for this. And then I started charging $100 a shoot. And I was like, oh, that was a big upgrade, man. I'm making $20 more per shoot. And then, but people were still booking me. And then I bought all my expensive equipment and I was like, ooh, I'm going to have a real conundrum here. And yeah. I started charging per shoot and for me that was outlandish I was like no one is ever gonna book me this is horrible like I felt so embarrassed I felt like I wasn't worth it but I was like I need to be charging this Mm -hmm. just to keep me sane like otherwise I'm losing money every shoot if I'm not charging yeah your time is valuable it's actually your time is more important than the money exactly and I was like I can't be you know driving an hour shooting for an hour delivering you know 50 to 100 photos that I've edited that take like a week to edit for anything less than what I'm charging. Like it was just, it was getting to the point where I was like, I, this literally makes no sense. I'm doing all this work and I'm coming out negative, you know, like that, that shouldn't be happening. And so I was like, I have to start, I have to start valuing myself for what I'm actually worth. And even though it's mind blowing and it doesn't feel right, you have to just do it. And then I was like, it's no one's going to book me. And then people started booking me and I was like, oh my God, Am I worth this? Are people actually... And then, you know what blew my mind even more is when people were like, you're only charging 350? I would easily pay you, you know, 400, 500. And I was like, huh, there is a market. So it's like once (laughs) once you start valuing yourself, you set yourself apart, other people start to notice. And, you know, you are going to lose some of those clients who are like, oh, you're too expensive. But they're just shopping for the best deal. They're not looking for good. They're not looking for quality, you know? Yeah, you're right. So, like you said. And I don't want them as my client. Exactly. Because then they're going to be a bigger headache. Exactly. And those are the people you don't want. You want to work, you know, smarter, not harder. So, like you said, if you're charging $100 for shoot, you have to do five shoots to do that one $500 shoot that you only need to do once. That's that's what we're working towards. So yeah. definitely, definitely. Also, like how much how many shoots are you gonna do to be able to repay for your camera if you need to buy exact, or like the exactly. updated version? So yeah. you have to think about that. You have to think about your time, and then you have to think about a profit for your time and your equipment. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you have to think about okay, I want to save ten percent of that. So yeah. um, how much do I need to charge? Exactly, and that number is always higher than you think it is, and you're always shocked. But you need to start being like, you know what, I am worth it. Yep. 
Exactly. I think that is a great place for us to end this amazing conversation. Layla, where can they find you online? Um, they can find me on my website at uh, Layla, L-E-Y-L-A, and then Stephanie, S-T-E-F-A-N-I dot com. Dot com. Where else can they find you on social media, on Instagram and Twitter? Um, both on Twitter, I think it's just Layla Stephanie underscore because I didn't have it, you know. <laughs> and then on Instagram, it's Layla dot Stephanie. And if you haven't, if you don't know how to spell Stephanie, it's basically like Gwen Stefani. <laughs> I will have your full name in the title of this podcast. So no fear. Thanks. No fear, my dear. Thank you for such a wonderful conversation, my dear. You had some amazing Thanks. insights that I hope are very powerful and very helpful for a lot of people starting out. I know they were helpful for me. Um, so I greatly Thanks. appreciate that, my dear. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, this was so much fun. I love it. Thanks for having me. I know. Me we need to do to this do. again sometime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Next time we'll talk about how to market ourselves as photographers. That is a great conversation, and I will definitely have you on for that. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Mark. You are most welcome, my dear.